want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why hello and welcome to issue 678 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aron Duran. Still getting used to that. I'm one of your other hosts, Spinarita. And I am your other other host, Cable Hashitami. That's right. My voice is my password. Verified. <laughs> yes. Which apparently means something to you and yeah, not to... It's from the movie Sneakers. I've never seen Sneakers. Oh, man. I think you would legit enjoy it sneakers yeah dan Aykroyd, uh robert redford robert redford um, um river phoenix Sydney, in it yep sydney poitier sydney poitier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um sydney poitier sydney poitier uh what's his name uh donnell logue has a has a small part in it oh well why did you bury the lead not in it very much <laughs> it doesn't matter there is no this is uh it's good it's really good it's probably also I've I've known a few people that have worked, you know, whatever cybersecurity, mm-hmm. and they're like, Sneakers is the one movie that gets it right, especially for the era. It's mid '90s, I think. Well, River Phoenix was still alive, yeah. So, yep. Um, oh, what's his name? Um, I went blank. Never mind. Uh, it's really good. I think you'll like it a lot. All right. Um, I have to give it a watch. I'll add it to the list of things that I'm still need to catch up yeah. on. I'm going to maybe watch that this weekend. It's legit fun. How do you keep track of the things that you want to watch at some point? Do you have like post-it notes everywhere? Do you have like a Google Doc? What do you do? Um, I usually start some system for it and then abandon it within two weeks once something else shiny has caught my attention. <laughs> and then I eventually uncover it again six months later and go, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Okay, I was hoping for an answer that was not identical to what I already do, but thanks. No, I, <laughs> every system that I have ever come up with to try to remember to do things is foiled by my own habits mm-hmm, and has mm-hmm. I've just resorted I have just resorted to remembering it, and it's stuck in my brain somewhere. Rude. So rude, Cable. (laughs) Um, Problem is, I have used up too much memory space for nothing but random stuff Mm -hmm. that I forget to be able to do things like like I just did a moment ago, talk. (laughs) 
Well, who needs to know how to do I, that? I, fum- I don't know. Podcasters? <laughs> I mean. Sure. Maybe? Possibly? Uh, Jen uses a service called Letterbox. I know a lot it, of people who I'm do fun- that. Christian uses it, but I thought that that was just for cataloging and like rating what you have seen. Like a... Like the beer one that we use. Yeah, you, know, no, I, you ostensibly. can also do things that, like, Merrick has put it together. And she, I, I downloaded it, but I haven't really delved into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can also do things. It's like, I want to watch I this. I want to watch, yeah. yeah. So. Right, right. Cool. I, I have been thinking about Letterboxd anyway, not from any strong desire to catalog what I've watched or want to watch which i didn't realize was a feature um but just because like apparently that's how i need to go through life at this point is i need to just have some sort of device that is tracking my activities for me we've talked about this with the whole calendar slash um google maps timeline i mean you have a phone does that Right, right right and i and i rely heavily on those apps in my phone to tell me what I'm doing, what I did with life however many days or months ago. Right. I just bet your phone is tracking you. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, and I should hate it, but... I don't get how you do journaling. Because that, not only does it not organize me, it stresses me out. Bullet journaling? Any kind of that. Um, Any kind. Well, yeah, I just wanted to clarify, because I don't journal, journal. Right. You know, I fuck my feelings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what there, it is, is I, the... Um, the, the the setting up the spreads like you know like how, how i'm gonna lay out this month or whatever that's uh there's a catharsis to that that i really uh get a kick out of but then the act of writing out like this is my schedule this week these are the appointments i have and this is like a little task of things a list of tasks that i i want to do this week helps me retain the information but what if you forget to plot out a month then the month has started well, I do still use my Google Calendar, and I put things on my calendar as they get scheduled, unless I forget or my hands are full, whatever, right? If I can't write it down, right? So everything goes into my Google Calendar immediately, or I run the risk of forgetting I was supposed to do it in the first place. Um, and then the bullet journaling is how I essentially review my the, what's in the Google Calendar. Right. It'll also be good for things like whose birthday is coming up, which I'm shit at. So, so it, it like, and, and that's the thing that's like really frustrating about like systems is like, oh, this tool is gonna like help me with everything. No, no, you're good at one thing, you're good at another, and this one's han- handy for this other element of of keeping track of my life. And then it's too many apps and too many reminders, and it all becomes white noise, and uh, and then none of it gets done or remembered. That that's largely why I can't rely on using any of those applications or or calendars or anything like that yeah because i have the additional the additional obstacle of this is a thing i have to learn to use it's like i can pull out a pad of paper and write shit down and just keep track of that pad of paper mm-hmm. um that's like, definitely we have a large uh memo pad that sits on our uh, kitchen island mm-hmm. um, that when I'm home on the weekends or my weekends, I will write out my to-do lists there mm-hmm. and then cross it off as I, as I finish thing. And then I'm done um, for work. I carry around a couple notebooks. They're small notebooks that I tried to use as 
bullet journals at mm -hmm. the beginning of last year. Beginning of 2021, not the beginning of last year. It's 2023. Um, and that didn't work. Um, because I'm like, well, th this is not quite giving me what I want. Mm -hmm. But I carry them around because as soon as someone says something, I'm like, cool. I write it down, throw it back in there. And then I just go through and flip through the pages. And things that I've done, I cross out. And things that That's... I haven't done, I'm like, nope, fuck, I need to go do that. That's what I started doing. Like, Yeah. I mean, you remember last year, Bean, I tried really hard to do like a calendar and a journal thing. And I got to about March. I before. don't remember that. I, I don't think it. we talked about it. No, I showed it to you. You're like, this looks cool. Okay. I believe you. Uh, but I got to like March and mm. I began to stress myself out. Yeah. Mm. Of like, I, I know I have things here, but then I forgot to add them. And now it's the day of. What's the point of adding it? Uh, and then I just spiraled out and I never use it again. I ordered a specially built one. That's mm. the problem. I, I I, I have always had this problem and I think now like a lot of people with ADHD have this experience is that like none of the planners that exist work the way you want them to. They don't have the like the features and the elements that work for your brain. And right. so no matter how many different ones you buy or try, it never really works for you. And that's why the bullet journal is supposed to be such a wonderful catch-all because it can be as big and granular and detailed or as basic and, you know, like just the necessities, mm -hmm. whatever you want. Um, I've had that problem for years. The, I, like the, that Japanese, the Habanichi that mm -hmm. I used for three years in a row, that's the first time I've ever had a planner that, that could meet all of my need, almost all of my needs. Right. But there's space in there to kind of accommodate for the stuff that it doesn't already have. I, I think I'm a, I think I'm a hybrid of you and cable. Cause right now, every day I wake up, and either the night before or that morning, I write my to-do list, like literally on a notepad that I then stick on the fridge with a magnet. Mm -hmm. And it starts with easy shit of like, wake up, have water. Because that gives me that little, what is it, dopamine hit when I cross right, of, off. Right, yeah, mm -hmm. of an accomplished mm -hmm. thing. But other than that, I carry like a relatively durable and kind of weatherproof field notebook just at all times. That's like, it's like the, it's not the grid, it's the dots. So mm -hmm. it's not line, it's not grid. So I can, I can make lists. I can sketch something out. I can do whatever I want, and I just bring that everywhere like a crazy person. By the end of the year, I look like Columbo because I have like four of them and like one more thing. <laughs> you're that's a bullet journal. You've just you're. But I don't plan it out. I, you don't have to. I'm always, uh, technically, technically speaking, when Ryder Carroll rolled out this concept to the public, that's all it really needs to be blank page you write down whatever you need for that day check it off as you go and you know and if you don't get it all done the next day it migrates to the new list for the next day it's i do what i do is a much more complicated time consuming artsy fartsy yeah thing but it, that's because that extra level of you know decorative colored pens whatever brings me joy also i have to have color coding um I do have color post-its for when I'm writing, like characters yes. are green, um, action sequences are pink, like everything has a different color code. And then I look like Charlie Day with, yeah, like that's how <laughs> I plot. And I will rearrange scenes that way. Um, and that's my map. Kind of like a writer's room. But you yeah. do it on paper. It, it is why I try to carry notebooks. I don't, I carry a notebook in my everyday life, but I don't get into it as often mm -hmm. um 
but that this was to combat the fact that I would go through post-it notes mm -hmm. and I would just post-it note everything. Yeah, I found a post-it note from like, two years ago the other day and I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah, the same thing for me. I had to switch to two years ago. That's adorable. Although I got. <laughs> well, I don't use post-it notes a lot. So. For Christmas, I didn't know they made these. Mm -hmm. I got black post-it notes. Mm -hmm. I need some of those because oh. this year I went back to bullet journaling. I'm still sort of setting it up right now. And I used black page, a paper or notebook. It's so beautiful. I, I, folks who know me know that I have multiple like metallic sharpies. Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to write notes. Yeah, silver sharpie and. I ordered a big old pack of uh, Jelly Roll Moonlight pens. Mm. They're all designed for black paper. Ooh. I mean, they work. They work on other any color paper, me, but you got to show me the link. As soon as they, oh, I'll send you the link. Jelly yeah. Roll are one of my favorites. Oh my god! Apart from the. It's the highlight 800. It's a very specific pen, has a rubber grippy thing, has the perfect clip if you need to clip it. It's the perfect pen. And we've never discussed in, this in terms of like what you can buy off the shelf. Because mm. I'm never going to buy like a fancy ass pen because I'm guaranteed to lose it. No. Like, was it, it starts with an M. Mo, I always say Moab, but that's a desert, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The Mojave? No, no. The Moab is also, Moab is also Moab. a desert. Moab. Okay. Moab. Um, um, yeah, no, I can't do fancy pens. I lose pens all the time. They only come in two or three colors max. Yeah. Like, I think Jen was given one when she graduated college by her dad. Like, mm. like now, like, sign adult things with this adult pen. Like, it was a big, uh, Norm, Mont Blanc, thank you. Oh, also, yes. hi, chat. Yeah, I, no. I'm, I'm not going to log into, I normally okay. log into Twitch from my phone and so I can participate, but I'm just going to talk directly at people today. That's fine. Like, I don't uh, yeah, Mont I think Jen has a Mont Blanc. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow, those are expensive pens. Yes. Oh, yeah. And they have a range of them. Like, there are Mont Blancs you can buy in Office Depot that are, mm -hmm. they're still up there. And then, like, there used to be a store. Like, Henkels. Like, you can get Hen you can get Henkels at Target. They're not the same, but they're still Henkels. Yeah, and, like, there used to be a store at Pioneer Square, the Pioneer Mall, mm -hmm. that all they sold Brand were, like, nice. huh? No, no. All they sold in the store were, like, accoutrements for the professional lady and gentleman so oh. it was like all these over like watches cufflinks those little tabs you put on your collars collar pins collar, collar stays yeah they're like triangles collar stays mm -hmm. um like um, very specific fucking shoehorns yep uh and then mm -hmm. pens yep. and that's all they or like, like the and, and decan store. And it's, it's not exact it's not a haberdashery but it is a no there is a word for it. I just can't. There isn't. Mm -hmm. uh, Portland mm -hmm. does have a very nice haberdashery store. Yeah. John Helm. Yep. I do enjoy a good haberdashery. John Helmer. Yeah. This is not an ad for John Helmer. No, but if John Helmer would like to sponsor it, Fuck I yes. will dress up every week if you want to provide. In fact, the first year, we'll just do it for swag. I will I will channel my inner Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> yeah. I will be bespoke everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a word that you used. Henkel. What the hell is a henkel? It's a brand of knives. And that I don't okay. know if there's mm -hmm. people cool. still get excited about it, but everyone was always like, oh, henkel this, henkel that. Um, but you can get them at like any big box store. The difference is they're a different quality. I think you're supposed to like, and they've got this little like little man, mm -hmm. like a little like a, almost like a meeple design that is part of the brand logo. And I think it was determined at one point that, like, however many little dudes are on your knife is, like, the quality indicator. 
because they're supposed to be like hundreds of dollars or whatever. Yeah. But you can buy a set at Target or, or Walmart or whatever for fifty bucks. But the kids can, yeah. So Hankel is still out there. But they're more like the celebrity. Like if you watch Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. they all get a set of Hankel knives. Mm. Um, the two that have kind of taken over in popularity are Wusthof, the German ones, mm. and Shun, the Japanese knives. Uh, I have a cleaver that is Wusthof. Um, my main butcher knife is a Shun. Mm. The Shuns are almost always Damascus also. Ooh. Yeah. I've never had a really, really nice knife. But I've had it's the same. Amazing. I've had the same pure Komachi uh, chef's knife for like ten years, and it's still great. And it was eight dollars. Oh, I even got during the pandemic like a like the oiled canvas roller. Oh, that I can awesome. wear. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm cooking for friends and stuff, and they come over, and I'm still in the process, I'll just wear it around my back because I like how it feels. Mm-hmm. And a good like shift, uh, you know. You know, fish filleting knife that bends really well. Got to get one of those. Mm, I don't have a fillet knife. You can get by with just a butcher knife, a fillet knife, and a cleaver. Uh, I was trained that you only need three knives. A chef's knife, mm-hmm. a paring knife, and probably a boning knife, like a fillet, fish, fish yeah. bone, you know, filleting slash boning knife. Cleavers come in handy if you work with a lot of bones that requires like chunk. Mm. Oh, also, like one serrated. You have to have one serrated knife. Yeah, the bread knife for bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what are we actually supposed to talk about tonight? <laughs> well, I think we're doing our annual gift exchange that we always do, like the week after Christmas, mm-hmm. or two weeks after Christmas, or two weeks after Christmas. Uh, and then I've got like stuff I enjoyed in twenty twenty two list. You guys can. Oh, bounce me off. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can bounce off mine. And then I think that's it. You know, this is also the dead time for pop culture, too. Yeah. There's a reason why theaters, you know, movie studios release bomb movies. They know they're going to tank in January. Babylon! <laughs> to make sure that they're right? Uh, yes. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's when they know that, like, a movie's not going to do well. Mm. So the best way to avoid negative press about how badly your movie does is you release it when no one's really paying attention. Mm. Like January is the opposite of December. November, December is Oscar time. Mm-hmm. You sneak them in. Mm-hmm. January, February is when movies go to die, for the most part. Although that's different now. Quantum Mania is coming out like the middle of February, mm-hmm. and Avatar is just going to keep chugging right along. Whatever. I don't know. I might watch it eventually, but I just it, I don't actively care. I feel like if I'm going to see it, I'm going to see it in the biggest screen in 3D because it's. Like, from a technical side, everyone I've heard are like, it's, I don't like the movie, but, like, it is mind-blowing to watch it. Well, I mean, that's how I felt about the first one. And I'm sure the technology yeah. has only, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, that's part of it. Cameron gets ideas for new technology, and he's like, all right, I'll make. I feel like by now people should quit betting against Cameron to have a box office bomb. Mm. Like, it's just not going to fucking happen. You know. I don't think I think that at all. I, I, I didn't think that this movie was going to do poorly. I just, I'm in the same uh, camp as, as Denise where just I don't care. Well, that's the weird thing. Everyone I have ever spoken to, they're like, yeah, maybe I'll watch it eventually. To where like, is that the whole world? Well, no, clearly not. No. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's not the whole world. 
Um, also, like, Avatar is one of those movies that, in parts of like Asia, it was on the screen for like two years. Yeah, like it was a like an event. When the first one came out, I drove. I lived in like Lakewood, Tacoma, and I drove to a theater in Alacy, Olympia, because I wanted to see it opening night. And afterwards, I was like, "Holy shit, my eyeballs!" Mind blown on yeah. a on a visual and like technology standpoint. I remember there were people who like became depressed. There were reports that people were allegedly depressed after seeing Avatar because the real world couldn't compare anymore. And I'm like, I I I don't believe it, but I could. I would be willing to believe that people are just like disappointed in this world. It also came out in winter. I remember it was yeah. gray and yeah. rainy and um I've also met people. They're dumb. <laughs> also that I mean, yeah i mean they figured out how to do motion capture underwater like that's not easy you know and cameron's also one of those people again like he just likes to push for new technology mm -hmm. at the time he does these things that lets him go on more expeditions later you know that are non like his documentaries are they're fucking gorgeous yep uh, he's a nightmare from all intents and purposes because he's very well he's just a he's a perfectionist mm -hmm. it's never right for him i it, I will probably see the movie itself at some point. Um, I know Merrick is already planning. She's, she wants to go see it in the theater. She's like, I I don't think she cares that much about Avatar itself. It's like, it's going to be a spectacle. I want to watch that. Yeah, so. that that's kind of how I am. Uh, in fact, there's a movie on my list that that was the specific reason why I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't many films I feel like that must be seen in the theater. I feel like both avatars are one of them. Um, remember the movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock? Yes. Mm -hmm. That was a theatrical experience. I saw it again at home. Yes, it was. It was still good, but that seeing it on the biggest screen possible, I was like, oh, my space it's... is fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it's wonderful. I, yeah, I just saw that at the Roseway. That's when I R. saw R. it. R.I.P. to a real oh, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, were we there at the same time? I yeah. feel like. No, I don't think we did. Okay. Well, maybe Were we you did. with Angel? No. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I don't remember. Like, I have forgotten more of the things that we have done together than mm -hmm. I remember it. This is... was 2013, so. Yeah. Wow, By the way, the soundtrack is. That was 10 years ago, B. Yeah. Yes. Ten. And, yep. Ten, ten, ten years. years. It doesn't. Ten, I think it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Years. Um, Norm says, "I want to watch Into the Spider Verse the theater." Yeah, I want to see that in the theater. Mm -hmm. I watched the first one at home. I'm glad I saw it, but I was like, "Man, that would have been the theater." That would have been. And uh, Norm brings up, um, not Norm. That's Kevin. Um, brings up the the comment of the, the you know the communal experience of seeing things in in theater. That's that's always part mm -hmm. of it too, right? Yeah, yeah. I. I wish I had been, I've talked about this before, I've made the mistake of seeing Avengers Endgame in one of those D-Box theaters, and they don't mm -hmm. actually move a whole lot until <laughs> the final fight. <laughs> um, but I wish I'd been one of those theaters that were packed, like the first time, like the first time Rogers picks up the hammer and the Avengers assemble. Yep. To be in that, I will still watch those videos of, of the theaters losing their minds being like, like we didn't have that um crazy of an audience but we did like we had a reactive audience we went and saw that at the living room theater mm, so, okay so it was a smaller crowd but everyone was still like 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I was like one of three people in that D-Box theater. Because oh. they're expensive tickets, too. Mm, yes, they are. Um, yeah, that was a mess. I'm not saying I wouldn't. Actually, I don't know if I'd ever seen one in that Clackamas D-Box Century Theater. Because I think it's going to be like the 4DX theaters that are like in L.A. and New York. And they're not. Mm. They're very uncomfortable. The seats aren't comfortable. They don't do the extra filming. Mm-hmm. You know, for stuff on the sides and the the um, the one and only movie that I've seen there was Star Trek Beyond, and it was worth it. Oh, that makes sense. Because man, that that chair banked a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was a I, like there was motion all the goddamn time. There was uh, uh, that was seventy percent chair motion. Sure. I can see that for sure. Like uh, all the ship stuff, all the running, um, the motorcycle ride, the the fight scenes, all of it. It's like, oh yeah, this was perfect for this. Uh, I think the that last one I saw there was with Becca. We saw, I think, the last, not the reboot, but the last Mila Hovich Resident Evil movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we made jokes that it was enjoyable on multiple levels. We both love those movies. And the chair just did a lot of vibrating. <laughs> Not a lot of swaying, just a lot of fucking okay. vibrating. So, don't be gross, Denise. You know what we meant. You're talking about something else. It, it massaged. It okay. Loosened up muscles. Yeah, Moving on. Not helping your case. No, no. You would have been better off just keeping your mouth shut. Let's open some presents. Okay. Just keep my mouth shut. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. All right. I'm going to mute myself because I want to eat some of these salty peanuts. Okay. Well, then, uh, Cable, you go first. Uh, do you want me to open yours or Aaron's? Whichever one you want to open. Eeny, meeny. This one's closer. All right. Don't forget, don't forget, that's just a stocking stuffer. This that doesn't is, count. This is just a stocking stuffer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't have... St- okay, it's, it's- I know. You know what? I did stocking stuffers for so many people this year. Nobody has fucking stockings. So I'd like, like to, I missed the boat on stockings. I, I want people I to see right, we'll how put it in your lovely stocking. wrap this is. There's a real <laughs> ribbon on it. It's uh, velvety. Uh, little black tag with my name on it. This is also why I still have like at least two more gifts to wrap. These are unicorns. I'm just now noticing there are unicorns on I also ran out of regu- all of the Christmas intended uh gift wrap so some some of the gifts are not christmas you know gift wrap it could be whatever you want them to be that's fine excellent i'm glad i'm not the only one who wears bows <laughs> isn't that is that not what you're supposed to do with them isn't that... seems like most people don't and i think that's sad <laughs> I got a notification on Nextdoor. Not that I ever read it, but when I registered, I made my username Peterman. So, because Nextdoor email is always open with like, hey, and then your name. So I said, hey, Peterman, what's okay. happening next door? Then my head was off this chip. Ooh. Fancy. Man. There, internet. Those are nice headphones. Those are nice headphones. Well, I know when I started, somebody turned me on to the the value of good headphones. Yes. And, uh... <laughs> good lids. Yes. As they say in the business. Lids, not yeah. cans. Cans. 
Cans, not lids. Uh, I was like, I've only ever lids or hats. Yes. Yeah. This is dope. Yeah. They're nice. Yeah, Thank I think it's a good one. Yeah. Well, that means I'm I'm going to be using new headphones. Yay! Well, I want to open my stocking now because I put my stocking away. I was just kidding. Open oh, okay. it whenever you want. You you're not gonna put it in your stocking. You're gonna open it tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna do it right now. Thick tape on here. It's a small box. Yeah, it's hard to get to any of the <laughs> seams now. <laughs> like, ah. I just wanted to torture you with that one. Oh, nah. No, it's just such a tiny box. Oh. And then there's more. <laughs> it's with tissues. The box of tissue. Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> the imposter therapy oil. Uh, I really... The label is so tiny. It's imposter syndrome. So, oh, I don't see the syndrome. Uh, because the bottle's so tiny. Uh, oh. it's uh from Covenless Botanicals. Thank you. They have uh, an array of different um oil blends for different things, like creative juices. There's always like one for like you know like libido booster. Um, and this one is um to to help with your imposter syndrome. I guess I felt it was meant to combat it because the last thing I need is something that gives me more. You know what I mean. Help you with that issue. Not, not, not help the, not help the syndrome. Help you. Oh my God, we're actually agreeing. So quit fighting. <laughs> you should open something now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'll open this one because it's on top here. Yeah, that's from me. <laughs> I like tags. I think I just tied the string on there, so you may have to just shank it. Nice cans sounds like an NPR podcast about canned foods. That was very wholesome. Mm-hmm. That's not where I would have gone with that. <laughs> I read the wholesome one aloud. I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, I do believe there were. <gasps> oh, boy. Yeah. The language of houseplants. Uh, check that out, friends. <laughs> I feel like you would enjoy that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my many new post-COVID, during COVID obsessions yeah, no, it's, is houseplants and uh, keeping them alive for a fucking change. But now you can find out all the different meanings and all the fun stuff with them. Oh, does this have correspondences and stuff too? I'm not sure. I just kind of flipped through it and read the back of it. And I was like, I think Bean would like this. Oh, Flaming Katie. I just got one of those. Hear that, Norm? She's got a Flaming Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Jade, okay. Cool. This is lovely. Thanks. Ooh, English Ivy. All right, I'm gonna put this down now. And I just gotta be careful with certain books because I feel like, especially with our group, we'll just buy a book because it make me look cool and not say anything. Like last year, I got Eda a book that she had had like six months before. So like, thanks. I already have this book. I actually don't buy myself that many books, so you're always safe on oh, okay. that with, with me anyway. Um, yeah, I, I check stuff out of the library a lot. And especially like reference books mm-hmm. are one of the ones where I would definitely would rather have it in physical form versus like ear audio. Right. Um, but I never buy them. So I'm just always without. Yay. Thank you. You're welcome. Hmm. Who's next? One of you guys. Both of you guys. You should open a proper, like uh, you open the little thing. You should open okay. a bigger thing. I'll get one. That's true. That doesn't count. Uh, this is cable yet. Oh, God. Is that one fragile? Yes, it is. Well, oh, no. It <laughs> no, it's, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> just scoring like all the points with Denise. I today. know, right? I think you're just taking advantage of the fact that I'm your best friend and, you know. 
what am I really going to do about it? Man, you like, you do like this thick paper. It's almost like leather armor. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh, Dragon wow. That's bitchin' cover on yeah, that guy. Yeah, Lord Soth. It, it seemed to, it seemed to say that. Yes. Oh, sorry. Listeners, thank you so much. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this, mm-hmm. but like, I've always loved the setting. And from what I've heard, like his updated stats, uh, the new Lord Soth is terrifying. Like he's a campaign ender now. Oh. Yeah, oh. no, that he's wow. not to be fucked with. Thank you so much. This is awesome. You're welcome. Look, there's some China in there. There you go. Yeah. Is it back to me? <coughs> right, I'm, first, I'm going to open the stocking stuffer interim. Take. Mm. <laughs> we need a cute little puppy oh, on Always there. good. Bear? I, I puppy love bear? these little jars. I know. I was like, this looks like a jar you keep. That's it is. Super cute. Yeah. You pop the top, drink the sake, keep the jar. Free cup. Free cup. All right. I like, the, I like the mole cups. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah! Wow, that took me back. Mm-hmm. You can still get them. This is from Ed. Yeah. Oh geez. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, good. Yeah, I didn't like, know that was a thing. Mass- I didn't know it was either. And I was talking to folks at the Lego store, and they're like. A lot of these minifigs come with accessories that only come in these special packs. So, like, the minifigs might show up, but mm-hmm. not certain accessories. I'm like, oh. So, this is pretty cool. That so one's super cool. These are, like, uh, rebel soldiers. Mm-hmm. This has actually been on my own. So, this is dumb. I'm sorry, Lego company. <laughs> this is dumb. Um, you can create Lego wish lists. You can create wishlets oh, on really? Lego.com. That seems smart. Dear it, it Lego. You know what you can do with those wishlists? Share it. Share them. Boo! There yeah, is no way to actually out, do that. I asked customer service, they're like, yeah, you we it's a it's a child safety thing. We that's why we don't I'm like, okay, I get that. But also this is really dumb. They're like, yeah, we know. Wait, why? Is How that... is that a child? I, I don't. I I forget the the full result. Only thing I email. can think of is if but some this... creepy adult yeah. has a kid's email. Like, send me your wish list, child. Mm. But this is this is one of the ones I had because it it has uh, Thor and Valkyrie and Korg and uh, their oh, little wow. bug friend. Yeah, Meek, right? Meek. The Meek mini thing is very weird. Yeah, Meek. <laughs> so, well, thank you. Yeah, that's I thought that Star Wars one was super cool. Yeah, it is. I've dope. never seen these before. That's very cool. Thanks. Yeah, they they usually don't sell them retail. They sell them at the Lego stores or just through the website. So. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say. My mom got me the Galactic, the Galaxy Explorer. Nice. Yeah. And I recorded like a five minute. Jen recorded me like explaining why this set was so cool and what it meant. And she, I didn't know she was recording me and said to my mom. My mom's like, "That's the prettiest thing I've seen all year." <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do I have to open them in an order? 
Um, if there was a preferred order, I forget which one went into which package. So, any meeny. No. All right. This is the big red, the big red bag. I, I ran out of paper. It's like the big red dog, mm-hmm. but only paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, these guys are really on here. Yeah, they're twine. Sorry, right. you might them. just have to rip it. I did. Rip it, rip it. <laughs> rip it. Ooh, styrofoam. <laughs> That's it for the bag. Okay, I wanted to make sure. I've done that before. Fucking possible. How? I know. How is it? What are you looking at? The Lego wish list? Ah, someone's kids. They're huge. Yeah. How? (laughs) I know. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That is so good. I'm going to put it with my tiny little ships. Like Dr. Crusher. Or I'll find like a find like a sexy Scottish candle. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was hoping that's it. where you were gonna go. You'll never guess what the second one is. Uh it better be Ronan. No. <laughs> <laughs> These are cool, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I keep muting, although you're probably glad. I'm getting this like sparkle hops, so it's like it's not alcoholic and it's got hops, but they cut they uh carbonate, they carbonate the shit out of these mm-hmm. things. Cool, cool. Where did you find these? Mm-hmm. I'm not telling. The bitch has her ways. <laughs> got it on eBay. Ooh, which Picard is it? That shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, please have that on a plate. I don't think it is, but oh man. You're taking me back to like like my late junior high, early high school days. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh I I was like, maybe, maybe this is cheesy, but I really wanted you to have them. No, I love them. Thank you. you realize I... he's going to obsessively try to complete the collection now, right? I had a I have an them. answer for that, but I don't want to say what it is right now. It's just 13 payments every two weeks of $13.99. <laughs> Cancel any time. Right. Franklin Mint. Thank you so much. Oh, Yay. oh but Keith Birdsong. That's a fake name. 23 karat gold. One karat latinum. Uh, <laughs> uh, Norm says, uh, shirtless Picard is a mood, a sexy Earl Grey mood. That's true. That was redundant, uh, Norm. Earl Grey is always sexy. Then... I just ordered some Earl Grey tea, a blend of it from mm-hmm. the Hawthorne Witches Place in Newport, Oregon. Ooh. But they're just called like Necromancer's Tea. That's yes. other stuff. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, this stuff is hardcore. Oh, yeah, no, cable doesn't work. Oh, yes. Ooh, it's a childproof wrapping paper department. We got a wrap in lead line paper for Superman. <gasps> wow, look at this cover. American brujeria. Mm-hmm. Witches. Modern Mexican American folk magic. Uh, so I went to. Uh, Speaking of metal covers. Yeah, I went to right Queen Meb. I love that store. Ah. Uh, uh, I've never been, um, 
you follow them on Instagram. You follow them on Instagram. Merrick follows them on Instagram. Yeah. So I started following them on Instagram. A book came up. I went, oh, that's what I should do. And that is not the book that I went in. Like, I went in for a specific book. Which one did you go in for? I forget what it is because I I saw it and I looked through it. I'm like, no. And then I looked up and I saw that book and I saw another book that I'm like, and I flipped through that and I'm like, "Ah, that's Denise. And I flipped mm-hmm. through the other book and went, yep, that one's Merrick. Nice. Yeah, that is a, that's my favorite it's esoteric well, shop. Very well curated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's small, small selection, but like half that shit is homemade, handmade mm-hmm. by the shop. Like people. in the back. All, all, the, the, all the pottery, the almost all the candles. She does get some in from other yeah. vendors, but a lot of the stuff I mean, she all makes of her herself. Incense, she makes yep. herself. Mm-hmm. And she runs online courses. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, Erin uh, gave me the uh, incense making online course cool. from from that yeah, shop. She's so. got a she works on what's called the House of Twigs or Thought. There's also Kevin Craft Rituals. Yeah, there's a lot. She yeah, I think probably because of all the different things that she does, she probably has to have a lot of different LLCs and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah people cannot go wrong picking something up at Queen Mab. Yeah, what what amuses spot. me the most is when I I. The book that I got from Merrick was uh, Hecate. Mm. And it's like, I looked through it and I'm like, nope, I don't know anything about this. My gut says, get this book. And when I gave it to her, she's like, this is great. This is, <laughs> she's like, this is what I was looking for. I'm like, yeah, I looked at other books. She's like, did you look at other books? And they all went, if you're getting into this, I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of had that vibe. And this didn't have that vibe, did it? I'm like, no. This is like, you already know what you're doing. Here's oh, more. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the woman who runs Queen Mob will often do that for me. She's yeah. like, I got some new books in. She's like, those two are neat. She's like, but you you don't need them. She's like, from how I know you. Like, there was one about, like, you know. Oh, shit. I didn't realize she, and, like, and, knows and, like, you. should have thought about that. It's fine. But they got it. She got in one about, like, like a kitchen witchery one. And then one that was basically, like, it, she said, like, you don't need this one. She's like, just from the way I talk to you and what I see you plus on Instagram, she's like, just get the one that just basically has the sure. the information. She's like, you don't need an introduction. Like, yeah, it's true. Yep. Yeah, but Merrick's other comment was like, am I the only person that hasn't been to this store yet? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm curious about the one out in Hillsborough. Ooh, there's a chapter on Olympias. Yeah, I'll, I've read that book. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. I think Ida has too. Um, so yeah, I just picked up one just called uh, The Mexican Witch. It's pretty fun. It's so funny. Uh, just the other day, a friend of mine um, who lives very far away, but we used to, you know, we were in the army together. Uh, she's like, uh, so someone gave me uh, maybe some Amazon gift cards. And all it was was screen caps of all of the different like witchcrafty books that she'd order. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I recognized two of them and I've read one of them. And she was like asking me. Look like like you. did I did I make the right choices? And I was like, bitch, I don't know. I have like two books. <laughs> so look so, at my collection going. Yeah. So cable, last time you were at Queen Mob, did she have any more of the fucking Baba Yaga they had just candles? Run out. They had just run out. Someone made a perfect, gorgeous sculpture of Baba Yaga's hut with the chicken foot. I yep. saw it after I'd already been there. She's probably gonna order buying more gifts. She, oh. she got more in last week. Okay, I was gonna try to buy one for everybody, mm-hmm. but they only had one, so I bought it by myself and didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now I don't feel bad that I didn't get you one. 
what I appreciated is uh, when I was checking out, I was the the, the person who rang me up was uh, their partner, mm -hmm. and someone just won D and D. That's not. Yeah, <laughs> someone either critted in one direction or the other. Mm. Yes, yeah. that's what that was. Yeah, um, but uh, like most of my gear uh, for scootering all has Starfleet emblems on it, mm -hmm. right? So inevitably, just like happens everywhere I go, someone will inevitably bring up Star Trek and start just start talking yeah. randomly about Star Trek at me, and it will take me a minute to go. You're wearing a Starfleet emblem, dumbass. Yeah. That's why they're talking to you about Star Trek. It's yeah. not they just picked up on it and went, you must like Star Trek. It's like, You're oh, you right. told them. I, I have it right here. It's on my chest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we chatted about Star Trek and Strange New Worlds and, and uh, all the other cool stuff that's coming out with Star Trek. So yeah. that, that nice. was fun. It was a little, not creepy, but last time I was in, I was talking, because I end up talking to her usually a long time too before I ever buy anything and or just leave. Because mm -hmm. I don't always get stuff. Um, but last time I was in there, we were talking about, we were talking about something. And like months ago, I found out, I think when she was in high school or right afterwards, she was seeing someone whose last name was Duran. I was like, oh, that's okay. Because it's not a very uncommon name. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but then it got weird because last time I was in, I was talking about, uh, I've gotten really into candle making and people are like, she's like, that's how it starts. <laughs> you know, I said, no, it's just a hobby. I said, but, you know, Denise and I kind of joke about with her pottery, we combine it. We go to like shows that just pay for the table to have fun. She's like, yeah, that's how it fucking starts. She's like, and then you end up owning a shop on the corner of Northeast Broadway. <laughs> what a what a tough life. Uh, well, it's a small business owner. She's never replaced her door twice. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not gravy. It'd be pretty sweet, um, though, to have a shop on Broadway. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, but I told her about, like, the last candles I made. I finally got into doing some dyeing work, or one of my last candles. I said it because my players are, I'm running Curse of Straw, and I finally got to have the dinner, so I made, like, Ravenloft, like, Castle Ravenloft-themed candles. Mm -hmm. She's like, you run a Ravenloft game? I'm like, yeah, it's always been my favorite, I, ever since, like, high school. She's like, so that guy named Duran that I used to date in high school, he ran the Ravenloft game. I'm like, whoa! And I'm not saying that, like, her and I are just now, that's not it. Like, I've never met her until this store. Sure. I'm, I'm sure you would have figured it out by now. Yeah, I would have figured it out by now. Yeah, but it was so weird. She's like, he was also the Ravenloft DM. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's a type. I'm um, shocked. Shocked, yes. Yeah, this is, this is my shock face. gambling in this establishment. Mm. You're winning, sir. Thank you. Well, should we take a quick break? Then come back with our best of? Yeah. That sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think we all, all of us actually have to. Go, go right ahead. All right. Dance cable. I'm not a monkey here for your amusement. I think I pose this well enough, but just have like, and I will leave you with towards drop. There you no, go. No, stop. God, getting my dark words confused. Ow!
Well, yep, it's our, uh, you know, it's our first commercial break of 2023. And first up, you see that we're recording within Guardian Games. This issue of Geek in City Radio is brought to you by Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. You know, we, reco- we, reco- we record on Tuesday nights at uh, Guardian Games. That is also when they have D&D Adventurer League. That is a free-to-play um, session that is basically co-sponsored by Wizards of the Coast. Um, so if you've always been curious, you don't know, you just want to drop in you can always drop in on adventure league that is just but one of the amazing services that guardian games provides you know they have all your kind of gaming needs like i mentioned on later in the show i'm really getting into like game theory and the differences of story within narrative or comics and versus the narrative story within role-playing games they have a lot of books on that subject written by some very talented game designers and and gm so you know what you can you can learn at guardian games too so check them out 345 southeast taylor street in portland oregon when you're there thank them for sponsoring geek in the city radio just like Revnat, who thanks to you had a pretty banner 2022 not only did he sell a lot of cider he raised a lot of money um for marginalized and hurting groups out there from raising money for the shooting uh, the shooting victims last year at uh, normandy park um for the albina district for trans visibility day um i know i personally got to help donate to the latino network with the sales of Lokita Fresca and 400 Rabbits. So what I'm saying is that Revnat does more than just serve you tasty adult beverages. He is a supporter of the community that he himself resides in. So show him some love and check it out, Revnat Cider. And then finally, before we get back to it, it is official January 23rd of 2023, Volume 1 of Season of the Bruja hits the shelves in trade form. Check out your local comic book shops, your local bookstores. You can also order it directly from Simon & Schuster or from Oni Press. Basically, if a book is sold there, they can get you a copy of Season of the Bruja Volume 1. I am so excited to share it. Um, the book looks gorgeous on its own. I already have a copy. Uh, and there are some extras in there that have never before seen print digitally or otherwise within Season of the Bruja Volume 1. Again, it comes out January 23rd of this year you can order your copy now or put it on reserve those numbers always help and keep listening to this show for uh, details about a pending release party happening in portland oregon where geek in the city radio comes from that we're returning to right now well listeners uh none of this is going on the podcast so if you have any weird questions for me live go right ahead they're they're officially out of the room you want to ask me weird questions about them Yeah, you'd think you'd think that was a lot more fun than it is, but the cable show is—it's a lot. <laughs> uh, I do hope that everyone had a good holiday season, regardless of which holiday that you celebrate or don't celebrate at all. Uh, I'm person. Can we talk Lego? Yes, we can always talk Lego. What do you want to talk about? Um, I'm I'm Joan. Like I am so excited about stuff that's coming out in the new year. What's this? So out of Denise and Aaron, which one of them is more likely to end up as a documentary on Netflix? Aaron. I said that really fast. <laughs> Aaron. I, I I think yeah, that seems more likely. Not for anything negative, but the, yeah, you know, definitely, most likely. Denise is back. 
Aaron is a really messy gift unwrapper. Paper he, everywhere over he there. Is. I, we we've all been talking. Oh, what did I miss? <laughs> I, I said have a heavily mixed bag. That specifically. Ooh, good question. I I read it, and my immediate answer was Aaron. But about what? Don't know. Um, because I feel like it, it depends it on be, what the what it's about. It could be about his writing. Mm-hmm. It could be about um, an unsolved case that he uncovers and solves. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be about ghosts. Oh God! Ah! Kevin had a. Uh, I also said that I hoped everyone had a good holiday season, regardless of what holiday they they had. Kevin, Kevin, that's awful. <laughs> Aaron Duran behind Geek in the City Radio. <laughs> Aaron. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> so dumb. I love it. It is. That's very dumb. Hi. Hello. Everyone is back. Got weird fur. You think that's I you should... spe- specifically requested that it's like, all right, they're both gone. Ask me all the weird questions you want to about Aaron and Denise. Oh, yeah? Yep. We only got one. What was it? So out of the two of them, which one of them is more likely to end up as a documentary on Netflix? And I said your name really fast. That's probably true. Didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have to think about it. I, I didn't. It just it flowed right out. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it would be a bad documentary. No, just but a documentary. That's fair. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I think it depends on what the documentary is about that like would determine which one of us it would be, right? I'd probably be in it. Yes, yeah. like my accomplice, whatever it was. <laughs> why am I the sidekick? I don't know. We're all the sidekick to someone else's story. Mm. Yeah, that's true. We're also the the main character of our own story. It's when you're a sidekick in your own story. That's that's when you need to step back and take a, a when hard look. Uh, I, uh, that's when you're I, Jack Burton. Awkward. I, I don't really think of myself as a lead character in much of anything. But you're a lead character in your own life. I guess. Just don't really think of it that way. Sure. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about something else. All right. Well, and we're back. That's right. That <laughs> uh, let me bring up my 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 list. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did a little bit of, uh, yeah, what I thought were my favorite things of 2022. Uh, I did, like, my 10 best. And I think I did three honorable mentions, which is totally cheating. You did. Uh, do, your, do your honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, I do want to add a caveat to this. If something that you loved is not on this list, the odds are isn't because I didn't think it was good. The odds are greater is that either I didn't watch it or I do not, or yeah, because A, I didn't have time, or B, there's only so many services I could subscribe to. Case in point, I have not seen a single frame of interview with the vampire, no matter how well everyone tells me it is. I just can't get around to getting AMC+. Plus. I haven't watched a single episode of Andor. Yep. I yeah, know it's, it's fantastic. I believe it 100%. I was mainly saying that so when Norm's like, how come interview the vampires on your list? I haven't watched it yet. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
these are our lists, not general public lists. Mm -hmm. This is general public. General public. Um, moreover, uh, our memory is bad. We had a whole like <clears throat> twenty minute conversation about that when we started. Yep. Yes. Uh, so, like, I know. How did you for... remember that? I did have to Google movies that came out. Context. In 20... I did have to Google movies that came out in twenty twenty two, shows that came out in twenty twenty two. And I myself. and I went through the Asana watch list that at one point I was very you know like diligent about maintaining, right. as well as my Goodreads, my my Kindle, and my library histories, to to be reminded of all of the things that I've I've done, which is what made me ask that question earlier, and that's right. why I remember it's all connected. Right. Plus, and I did just totally forget one. I'm going to say it right now. This would be on my top ten. I don't know which one it would bump. I totally spaced on our flag means death. Oh, it's absolutely on mine. I told, All right, well, let's get started. So you ranked yours, is what it sounds like? Yeah, kind of. It's ish. a loot-ish. So my honorable mentions is Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen all of it. I don't know if it'll get better or less, but I like the I, I, what I've liked, I've liked it. I, I think the where we've just left off at Pickman's Model. Okay, yeah. So. It, they're great. Um, and they're, you know, great filmmakers. Yeah, it's just... it's. I. I think where Merrick and I landed is like, this is great. We're only watching one at a time because yeah. we watched two one night and went, nope, that was too much. Yeah. It it, it was. It was body horror followed by body horror. And yeah. we're like, oh, nope, that was yeah. that was a lot. It's like I haven't started Wednesday yet. I feel like I'm going to like it. I just haven't, haven't seen around it. To it. And I've seen the whole thing. It is on my honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. So my next honorable mention is Star Trek Prodigy. Which you guys know when that first that show first started, I was not a fan of it. Mm -hmm. Right around episode seven, I was like, "Okay, now I'm digging." I didn't mind that I didn't like it at first because the show wasn't for me. But I think the show found its legs around episode seven, mm -hmm. and just and then it was nonstop. I don't know if you guys have seen the finale. It went from crawling to walking to running really fast. Yeah, I mean. Especially that first part, I was like, this is some best of both worlds. Like, I thought that was the season finale. I was like, you sons, you can't do this to kids. Like, no. as an adult, I understand how it works. And I'll wait, but don't you dare do this to, like, eight-year-olds and this is their first trick. I, I knew that the, that part one was not. Like, I knew that it, they were, they had one more episode this season. Mm -hmm. um, Norm says, it legit made me cry. It made me cry, too. Like the that, finale? that finale made yeah. me cry. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Right. This is fantastic. Um, and I forgot about the show and I haven't seen the back half. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it clips along fast. Yeah. You are in for a fucking treat. Yeah. It is great. Um, also, it, this was, a, I, I don't think it's a, a big secret now, but. Um, Picard third season mm -hmm. will be the last season I think they're already the plan is they're going to do another show that's going to slot in that spot so they'll have another Star Trek it'll be Star Trek Janeway I think it'll be Janeway they've, they've already started talking to Kate Mulgrew yeah awesome for her that's exciting yes I don't know. Get... I feel like that sounded sarcastic, and it's not. No. And may no. her character get the writing she's always deserved. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think she's going to. I think so too. They did it for seven of nine. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, which I, I think the exciting thing for me is is 
they do live action, if it, it's if Janeway is the next one on the docket, that means somewhere in Janeway we will get to meet Captain Harry Kim. Maybe. <laughs> Finally, that would be cool. uh, my next honorable mention is the show Reacher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. It's like it's not the deepest writing. And like I said, it's like the ultimate male power fantasy. Like the dude, he's named Reacher in the show because he's so, and in the books, because he's so tall, he can reach anything. That's mm-hmm. why the author named him Reacher. Deep. Um, but like, they're fun. It's Jack Reacher. Right? It's Jack Reacher. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're fun. And he's always the guy that like, he's the, like, the, the vet and he goes from town to town fixing wrongs. I, um, it helps that that actor is just, there's not a single wink and a nod when he plays that character. He plays him completely sincere, and if he didn't, the show wouldn't work. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that actor, I don't remember what that actor's name is, but he was, he played Hawk on Titans. Yeah, he's huge. He is. He's massive. He's enormous. The only thing I'd ever buy in that show is any fucking thrift store he goes into and he can find clothes his size. Yeah, no, that, that just ain't happening. Alan Richson? Yep. Why does he claim to be a, a thrifter? He doesn't have any money in the show. He's a drifter, basically. Mm. He only has a little bit of cash. So whenever he inevitably gets his shirts cut up or covered in blood and sweat, he has to go buy a new one and he goes to thrift stores and shit or like discount stores. Um, yeah, it's fun. Um, all right, I'll just go down my list really quick and then we'll just bounce sure. around. No, no, that's fine. Uh, so my number 10 is Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I don't really like the first Top Gun that much not to the way other people like it mm-hmm. um like i wrote here top gun maverick is super jingoistic it's very much like like raw raw military um the fucking movie opens with a special thanks and commercial to the air force okay uh, mm. they put a lot yeah um but say what you will about tom cruise that guy has no problem putting his body at risk to entertain his audience and this movie shows it. It's amazing to watch. And in a weird way, the back half is almost like an extended version of the trench run from A New Hope. Like if we saw them training the X-Wing pilots before doing the trench run. Okay. Like that's the back half of Top Gun Maverick. It's like, okay, yeah. Um, it's fun. It's big and loud. It's not dumb, uh, but it's big and loud, and it is amazing, especially when you know that like there's hardly any CGI in that show, in that movie. Hmm. Those are real pilots doing the hmm. shit in that movie. Half the time, it's Tom Cruise or his co-stars. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of bonkers. Um, and B might roll a rise on my number nine. was Jackass Forever. <laughs> um, but I think 100% because of the experience of myself, Greg, and Christian dressing up in suits and tails and top hats and treating it like a night of, of theater, of cultural experiences. I, I still remember how excited <laughs> you and Christian got when we were, that preview came on when we all went to go see Shang-Chi. Yeah. And and the audible gasp <laughs> from both of you was like, <gasps> I'm Johnny Knoxville, this is Jackass. And then, and bow, bow, in the, bow, yeah. It's like real life Santa walked into the room. Yeah. In the dark, I could feel Denise and I look at each other like, yeah, but that's great. Yeah. Oh, Norm just said Tom Cruise is now America's version of Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's not that far off. Just get the shot. In terms of he will wreck his body 
He's probably he's not a wrong comparison, probably on many levels. Yeah. Uh, next up, I had Clerks 3. I loved Clerks 3. Um, it hit me on an emotional level I was not expecting. Um, this is kind of, I also think, Kevin Smith coming full circle on his kind of like this universe. I know he's talking about doing Dawn of the Mall Rats as a series, <laughs> um, but this feels like this wraps up that part of his life. And it's kind of cool to see. Um, and the performances are really good. It's just that movie's got a lot of heart. It's not going to pull any new Kevin Smith fans, but maybe fans that were like kind of thought they were done with him. This, mm-hmm. this will get you back. Mm-hmm. I think it works really well. Uh, and then number seven, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I just loved it. It was, it was that like nice warm blanket that I forgot that mm-hmm. I needed of like, boldly going kind of thing with a great cast, great writing, and it's cinematic in how it's shot. I, I just finished my rewatch of it over the uh, weekend. And I have got to say, no disrespect to Zachary Quinto, no disrespect to Leonard Nimoy. Ethan Peck is the biggest Spock they have ever had. Like there physically? is zero reason like there's a scene where he just he hugs christine chapel and i'm like bro you were the science officer on the flagship of of the federation why are your biceps that big (laughs) the fuck ripped he is like that uniform is always fighting to stay on. <laughs> always. Awesome. I love that phrase. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Why? I mean, it's great. I love it. But yeah. also, it's getting warm on this side of the table, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Anson Mount's no slouch either. Nah. No, and he I is not. Share with you, he throws clay. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was so unexpected. He's been doing it over Christmas, like making more mugs and bases. And he's like, I'm trying these new ways out. And I'm like, oh. He's like a country boy, too. Mm. Anson Mount isn't playing a character. I kind of feel like he's not. Like, Pike is Anson Mount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I can see that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number six is RRR. I really can't tell you what this I, damn movie is I never got it's around to that one. That. Yeah. This is what I wrote. This is a bonker-ass Bollywood superhero mythical action romance political musical film that's three hours long. Sure. It does not feel like three hours long. Okay. There's tigers jumping out of cargo trucks that get punched in the midair by a dude flying. It's fucking great. Yep. And it's getting a two-night screening at the Hollywood the oh. next two Mondays. Wow. So I'm trying to get tickets for a that. A three-hour movie on a Monday? <laughs> God damn. I'm so glad this concert's over at 10. I go home and get some sleep. I know, that's weird. Um, I don't know, between like how late I work and then like how early I need to go to bed, I'm just like, three hours? <laughs> that doesn't leave time for anything else. <laughs> Except watching one of the most amazing films that I've seen. I did want to see it. I, I had wanted I to see it. And I forgot about it. Yeah. Um, number five for me is Prey, uh, the Predator movie. Yep. yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. was just so good. I really wish it had gotten a wider theatrical release. Um, I can get why maybe Fox was nervous, but I feel like the moment it came out, they're like, "Oh, we fucked up. This should have been theatrical." Mm. Uh, I would have. Wonderful. I would have gone to a theater for that. Oh, one hundred percent. Amber Mid Thunder. Mid Thunder is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up for me is Glass Onion. 
kind of snuck in at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. It was great. Um, it's annoying how good Janelle Moyen is at everything, apparently. It's one of those people that's just not fair. Uh, yeah, I love her. How, yeah, how have you not already figured that out? Because I've never seen her act really before until this. And I'm like, oh, you're oh, a great. You haven't seen her music videos? Did you not yeah. see Hidden that... Figures? No. Did oh, you I see Hidden that. Figures? I didn't, actually. It. It's another one that I... Oh, see, that's another one that went right by me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not put like. But all, I did know she could Put that on your list. Mm-hmm. Bring it higher up on your list. If you also listeners, if you've never watched Hidden Figures, watch Hidden Figures. It's fucking oh so good. I do want to see it. It is so good. Uh, my next one is not a movie. It's a game, which is God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that game's amazing. Uh, the story is incredibly compelling. Um, <laughs> weirdly, it will hit even harder if you don't have the best relationship with your father. You will read into certain things on it. Or maybe if you have a really good relationship and you've had that moment where, like, as one gets older, like, the the, the relationship changes. Uh-huh. Um, the combat's fantastic, but that's not what pulls me in for Ragnarok. Bram McCreary does the soundtrack. The vocal work is is amazing. Um, I know Amazon's going to try to make it into a series. It's going to be hard to pull off the emotional content. I feel like if HBO can pull off The Last of Us, then mm-hmm. some, then, then like Amazon could pull off God of War. Mm. Um, Who are they going to get to pick? Kratos? Is that his Kratos. Name? Yeah. I mean, I feel like people are going to lose their shit about it, but you just get the dude who's the voice of Kratos. Oh, he okay. does all the mocap too. Oh, he's African American and Kratos is white, even though he's like Greek, which I guess is still white. But but God of War has no problem playing with ethnicities. The games, sure, like half you know, like a chunk of the Asgardians are not white Nordic people. Like, sure, they're like, no, we're fucking gods. We'll do whatever we want. Like, um, it's wonderful. Um, my number two is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, I don't know what else I can say that we didn't spend like two hours over in the past yeah uh, i will say it, it's different when you see it with people and when, when you see it alone i actually found it to be a different viewing experience much more emotional when i saw it alone maybe because i felt freer to just be there with the emotional ride i haven't yet watched it since i, I like i have it i bought a copy and i have it at home mm-hmm. i just haven't watched it yet yeah and he who i mean everyone i want to say everyone everyone is great um and I think part of it is you know when you begin to learn the the real story behind uh, Kehi Kwan, like his life, it has an even bigger impact then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that dude better have a fucking cameo in the next Indiana Jones movie, with the hat being passed off. Like that's I'll watch more Indiana Jones if it's short round, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, and my number one is Andor, and not because it's Star Wars. Um, I think you could make this even some generic sci-fi and I will still like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it stood out for me because it is a Star Wars movie because for it's been a long time since the Star Wars universe felt lived in and, and real. Like probably the original trilogy was mm-hmm. the last time for me. Sure. Mandalorian gets close, but this feels lived in. It's also weirdly the first time the Empire really seemed evil to me. They're always the bad guys. But it's almost cartoonish. They blew up a planet. It's so big, your brain can't fathom it. And in Andor, it's the banality of the encroachment of fascism and tyranny. I think that we get a glimpse of that in Rebels. 
Sure. But in live action, you are correct. I, I would agree. Yeah, it's very much like the frog doesn't know he's being cooked in the in the pot kind of thing. I don't want to like bring turfs into this conversation, but this is a Harry Potter reference. There like people had dissertations about like why do people get so incensed with um Dolores Umbridge? Mm-hmm. Uh, but not so much with, um, you know, what's his face? The the main Voldemort. bat, Voldemort. And it's because um, because of the banality and like the, 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 the real worldness of yeah. how awful she is. I think you might have said something along those lines at one point too. It, she's so fucking detestable because it's, it's real. You can you you could experience that in real life. Maybe you have or something yeah. close mm-hmm. to it. It's that. It's the it's the relatability of of that sinister behavior that like really like I don't know gets at you more yeah. than just like oh we have the we have a laser that's going to destroy the whole planet. Yeah. That, exactly. Yeah. Is that evil? Sure. But like evil you know wizards. you know it's you know it's fake. It's a story. Yeah. But, but when... this like bureaucratic bullshit happens in real life yeah like when you yep. watch andor and there's citizens that are essentially on a funeral march mm. that is looked at as a protest and you got fucking riot stormtroopers that are ready and they're like put them down that was the best episode yeah it's and the performances are fantastic i think they're all turning in like performances of a lifetime diego luna start all of them um I'm still blown away that Disney is paying for they they paid for three seasons of this thing. Mm. Cuz this is not a show that sells lunchboxes and action figures. Uh-uh. There's probably going to be a I mean I, I I'm sure it can. It's going to. They're going to make a they're going to fucking make the robot. They're going to make they're going to make Cassian, they're going to make they're going to make characters out of them, but they're going to be like they're going to be like the black figures that they just sell online. So mm-hmm. like people like us you're not going to see these figures in fucking Target or Walmart. Because mm. I don't know many little kids, they might watch Andor with their family because it's Star Wars. And I'm not saying it's adult because it's violent. It's not Some of that, that stuff is a, might be a little over some kids' heads. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. you know, frankly, it's it would if I was nine years old, Andor would bore me to tears. Except for maybe a couple of scenes. I'd be like, what is going on here? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's great. I think it's one of the best written shows of the year. And maybe because it is a Star Wars and that it doesn't fucking act like one is what threw it to number one for me. Huh. I wrote it in here too. This is the movie that if George Lucas wanted to tell it, this is the, he gets a lot of shit for the prequels, but this is the dude that also did THX 1138. The rebels were an immediate, they were a callback to the Viet Cong pushing back imperialism, whether mm. people liked it or not. Yeah. That's what, so this is the show that he would make now about the banality of fascism becoming accepted. So, and then the cost of rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I, when I was younger, I definitely threw shit at the prequels. Yeah. Um, but going like looking back at them now, it's like, the prequels are the development of fascism within mm-hmm. within a democratic society mm-hmm. like he keeps pointing to the things that cause evil mm-hmm. throughout and it's not the jedi and it's not the sith right it's always bureaucratic bullshit and fabricated differences between one side and another mm. 
and then war profiteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's what all three of the prequels are about. You yeah. just sit there and watch it and you're like, oh yeah, it's why I still, I 100% defend the scene, the casino scene in the last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Where everyone's like, yeah, I just, why did we need that? It was just goofy and they ran through a casino. It's like, War profiteering. Yeah. They were pointing to the fact that, yes, there's the good side and the bad side. And then there are these fuckers the who the, are rich the from selling it to ill-gotten gains. Yeah, side. it's like, this is the real problem. Mm. This right here. Right. Yeah, that's, that's that's the George Lucas that now I'm, I definitely have a better grasp of what he was doing. Yeah, totally. So, and yeah, that, that is the guy that made THX 1138. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep. Um, that's it for me. I, I rambled on a lot with my top 10. What you got? Uh, let me pull up my notes here. Uh, I don't think I have as much to say about mine, so this will be quick. Um, so, first... Hold on. I'm sorry. I thought I hit the mute button, and I think I hit the, like, wah, 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 sound effect button. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um. So my first top 10 is actually a podcast, um, but it's nothing like our show. Uh, The show is called Ologies, and it is one woman's uh, goal to interview and ask questions of anyone who could be considered a, you know, like fill in the blank ologist. Um, Okay. they, they, They study things. So they are the expert in whatever particular field they're they they're working in um you know and 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 so like sometimes you have to like kind of stretch for the concept like she met a she interviewed a guy who was a specialist of trains and so that was the pharaoh equinology episode pharaoh equine iron horse because that's what they used to call trains right so like she also can get really creative with like how to define this as a ology um and she herself is like a, just like a really like funny, charming host, such that even when the guest is like really kind of dull and not that interesting, I mean, some scientists are not that exciting to talk to. Sure. Um, not everyone is a great science communicator, but even when you're like, I am not going to give a shit about this topic <laughs> is how I open an episode. By the end, I'm like, man, that was fascinating because she just like really has a lot of insightful and interesting questions. Uh, like she brings in a lot of Patreon um, contacts, uh, like supporters who can ask questions. So you can also get a lot of questions that come from a lot of different perspectives too. Right. I, just, I could not go on enough about this show. I fucking love it so much. Um, next uh, for books, I have two uh, book things that made my top 10. The first one is an NK Jeminson series called the broken earth trilogy. Mm-hmm. I did read two of her series in the past year so that's six books but this one i don't know i just like appreciated it a little bit more um and so those books are the fifth season the obelisk gate and the stone sky and um this is true of both of those series that i read but she just um, has beautiful storytelling like really deep and thorough world building um but also there's not a ton of exposition to explain to you the world that you've been dropped into. It's a much more gradual process of kind of assuming you know where you are and right, you, and right. as the reader who you don't really know where you are, you just learn more and more along the way. And that's sort of like unraveling 
of the world and the story at the same time. And I think that she just re- brings a really unique perspective to the fantasy genre. I like her work. I love her. I, g- I gave the the first book in the series as a gift uh, to someone for Christmas because I'm like, you're going to fucking love this. Um, the other one um, is The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. And it's like a really tragic but beautiful story. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and give it away. Um, I don't think it's a secret necessarily. But they made it, a movie out of it too, right? I believe so. A couple years ago, yeah, I, 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 I meant to find movie. it. Um, it's it's essentially a zombie story, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's is. it's from a different perspective than you're used to, and it's again like it gives it a a new it's a new take on a popular genre, uh, and I really enjoyed that one. There is a second book in the series, maybe a third one in the works, but I don't remember at this point. I also have everything everywhere all the time um, all at once uh, as one of my top ten for movies because duh. Uh, but also, don't look up, which oh, yeah. is um, it's a big cast uh, about the meteor that's going to come to Earth, and there's nothing we can do about it if we don't act now. Guess what? We couldn't get our shit together to fix it now. So now we are in fact doomed. The planet and everyone on it is going to die when this meteor hits because we fucked off too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like. It's really realistic in in that way of like, oh, we were just too busy being stupid asses as a society to actually do the right thing in time to fix the problem. But it still manages to be really funny and, you know, like very powerful storytelling. Yeah. Especially the ending. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry right now. Uh, Um, Quick side note, if you get a chance. So they should have it last year, but last year N.K. Jemison wrote a Green Lantern miniseries called Far Sector oh, shit. that I think you would really like. Oh, so, yeah. It was about the Green Lantern that had a sector that hadn't had a murder in a millennia. Yeah. And there's finally a murder and what it does to the entire society. Um, oh, fascinating. And it's a cool Green Lantern design. And I think you would dig it. Yeah, it came out last year. 2021. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, last year is 2022 now. Yes. And then uh, television, which is where I have the, the bulk of my top ten surprise uh our flag means death duh i wanted to say a lot about that Uh, um another one that i i feel like people most people have never seen it uh because i'd never even heard of it and it had five seasons was an fx show that you can watch on hulu it's called you're the worst and i think by now like we all know how much i love rom-coms specifically when they are about really dysfunctional individuals who are bad at love and this is that but just like cooked to perfection um it's they're 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 ostensibly terrible people but they legitimately love each other and then you see them trying to figure out how to be less terrible for the sake of this relationship um but only with each other generally speaking they're still kind of awful people to everyone in their bubble of of, their circle thank you um and I, I just loved it so much. They, they touch on like depression and infidelity, all kinds of, you know, dysfunctional people stuff. Um, and the final episode is one of those ones where they kind of like, this is the end of the series, but I'm sure you want to know what happens in the long run. So here's a, here is a devastating montage. And it struck me so hard that I, I want, I mean, I, not only do I want to watch the whole series again, which is super rare for me to do. I want to watch just that last episode again and again. Wow. Yeah. 
So I high, highly recommend that to anyone who, you know, hates rom-coms unless it's about terrible people <laughs> uh, like me. Um, Severance mm. from Apple Plus. Which is one I haven't gotten to yet. And again, I know that we have like connection, like, like, you know, like third, fourth degree connections to people involved in the show. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's just like a really fascinating new idea in terms of storytelling. The performances are great. The characters are wonderfully written too. And it's it's got a lot of really excellent twists that even I didn't expect. And I'm constantly waiting for like, okay, this is what's going to happen, isn't it? And then be like, yep, called it. (laughs) Uh, The Sandman, duh. The visuals are incredible. It's, I think it's a solid adaptation on the original story with some good little updates that make yeah. it a little bit more relatable to more people. Still need to finish that. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then last on television is The Righteous Gemstones, which is another one that's not new to this year or to 2022, but it was new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hilarious. The cast is fantastic. There's yeah, just like a great. ton of funny people. And I love anything that involves like the dark side of john goodman i think he's incredible as as a as like a villain Mm -hmm. not that he's a villain in this but you do get to see him be a less than like perfect family happy dude which i think you know he he did a lot for a long time and he has so much more range than that and i think he gives better performances when he's not being that like happy family guy yeah i mean yeah his his role as Mr. Connor is career defining. And even mm-hmm. though that character wasn't perfect, especially if you grew up in a certain economic group, like that's kind of the dad you wanted. Dan, yeah, Dan Connor. Dan Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the whole TV series, the whole series, the whole show is a is just like a taking a big old shit on televangelists. Mm-hmm. So here for that. <clears throat> okay. And then my honorable mentions uh, include Search Party. Again, not new, but new to me. It's just a fun kind of wacky show. It goes off the rails almost immediately and then continues further and further away from the rails. Artemis by Andy Weir, writer of The Martian. Mm. Uh, just an excellent little short story, sort of a heist motif. And if you like audiobooks, it is done by Rosario Dawson. Oh, so that, nice. uh, that kicks it up another notch. Uh, Wednesday was like charming and fun. Uh, total fashion goals. <laughs> uh, and then Station Eleven, which we might have I might have talked about last year because it's uh, the series itself came out in like mid to late December. I think I finally did watch that one. I loved it. Early which, last year. Mm, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I still think both the show and the book are great. The end. Cool. Nice. Um, I'm gonna go start with my honorable mention, okay. which is uh, n- uh, not a new album. T- um, in 2022 but it was new to me and i discovered it because of james gunn and his attention to soundtracks yeah um because there was a song by the decemberists that i hadn't heard called the sucker's prayer from the album i'll be your girl and i listened to that so much in the past year (laughs) that it ended up as part of my spotify wrapped for 2022 oh wow nice um what's funny is i was uh, on a day that I was actually listening to it upstairs, I came downstairs and Chris Funk was standing at the magic counter. And I'm like, huh, that's funny. I'm listening to you right now. He's like, <laughs> oh. It's like, yeah, I was listening to I'm Your Girl. And he went, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's What's funny album. is that actually sounded like a Decemberist album title. Chris Funk was standing at the magic counter. It, it does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> 
spoilers to anyone who listens to the Decemberist, Chris Funk shops here. <laughs> uh, has for years. Um, anyway, um, I think uh, number 10 uh, for me is podcasts. Uh, and I've discovered a lot of new podcasts mm. this year. Um, in going, Especially in going back to the gym. Mm-hmm. I would spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. And they include the Chainsaw Matinee, which used to be known as Netflix and Chill, until they all went, you know what? We're tired of Netflix's stance on um, a lot of letting transphobes have specials, so fuck them. Mm. Um, they are a bunch of film school kids, or they were film school kids. They, I think they've all graduated now. Um, Hannah, Marty, and Kai, and really like their takes on things they're they're young and so they watch a lot of stuff that's old and they have different viewpoints than the people that would have watched it when it came out right and it's nice to hear what new people and new eyes are how they're viewing horror um there is also the horror podcast i've talked about it a bit before my with uh my friend uh james strayer and uh uh, John C. Myers, this may hurt a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's also been the Pod Directive, which was the official Star Trek podcast for Star Trek.com mm-hmm. with uh, Tommy mm-hmm. Newsom and Paul F. Tompkins. Um, I also dove into real play uh, <laughs> D&D podcasts, or role play podcasts, by mainlining throughout February through May of. 2022 i listened to the entirety at the time of the adventure zone which was a, oh that's a lot that's a choice so that's like a three-hour podcast isn't it no no I'm busy with critical hit yeah critical, critical i i haven't bothered to d- jump into critical role it, it's not that i, I like i'm not going to shit on critical role because it's done some amazing amazing things for gaming and rpgs um i i just I'll eventually get around to it, but that so far that's not what's been interesting me. Sure. Um, the Adventure Zone is uh, the um, oh, god damn. What is the name of this? The it's three brothers and their dad. Right. And the dad's never played D anD. I think the the brothers have. So it's the youngest brother, uh, McElroy, the McElroy family. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, so the youngest McElroy DMs, and then the other two, uh, the two brothers play. So does the dad. Um, the Bureau of Balance was their longest, their first and longest arc, and most beloved. Um, it, it gave us the catchphrase um, "Magnus rushes in," as well as "Abraca, fuck you," <laughs> which is one of my favorite spell casts ever. Um, and then, of course, uh, I, I went from there to Dimension Twenty. Uh, that's uh, been a dis- I should have mentioned that too. Yeah, the mm-hmm. first the I, I've only listened to the first uh, adventure of theirs uh, where they were at the the school. Mm-hmm. Like I hear a lot of people talk about Matt Mercer, but Jesus, Brennan Lee Mulligan, Brennan Lee is, Mulligan a is fucking genius. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit, that man. It, it's not that he's a good storyteller. He's a compassionate storyteller. Yeah. He is... He, you, you can listen to him talk. It's like, 
much like you, you're a fountain of information. Some of it is useful. Some of it is useless trivia, and you know it. And yet, when you get behind a DM screen and start telling people stories and engaging them in the stories, something will come up where that tiny bit of knowledge you can turn into a, a string of dialogue that changes people's lives. I... I'm amazed at his stuff. Like, that's what you do. That's what storytellers do. It's fantastic. Um, How far are you on Dimension 20 stuff? Like, have uh, you got Escape from Bloodkeep? I've had a harder time getting into that. Oh, Um, really? That was magical. So, but but I will. I will get into that, and and it's going to be great. It it was the same with the first season with the kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I had a hard time. I had to listen to, like, the first three, like, twice to really grok what was going on yeah. and then when you like, get to okay. a court of fey and flowers he's not the dm in that he's a player right um that's a beautiful story that they do yeah you're you're gonna love that yeah I, i'm looking forward to it um number nine is weird the al Yankovic oh, yes. story oh, i still need that to was see that. absolutely everything that i wanted it to be and more that like it was, I was excited about it as soon as Weird Alley was started to like post about it. It's like, hey, we're going to make a movie with Roku. It's going to be great. Here's behind the scenes footage that I can show you, which is just him taking shots of props that don't matter. Like, <laughs> like he just, every, everything about that movie was perfect. I loved it so much. Um, Comic wise, this is still not new, but number eight is a, a book I am still thoroughly enjoying and enjoying all of its offshoots, and that is Something is Killing the Children. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I keep waiting for that book to run out of steam, and it has not yet, which is really tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's probably going to come out as uh, James Tinney and the Fourth's, like the work he's most known for. Yeah, like, so. and he's done a lot of work. But man, something he's killing the children is fantastic. Uh, number seven is uh, a more personal experience, and that was uh, our participation in with Witch Hunt's Death Race. Ooh. Oh, nice. Um, that was fantastic. I loved doing that. Uh, the the only the only sour note was Aaron, you not being able to participate with us. You were there with us in spirit. Yes, I was trying not to die. Yes, so. and I'm glad that you did not die. <laughs> that that is that's also a definitely on. I should have put that on my top ten list. Yeah. Didn't die. Didn't die. Um. But yeah, that was that was an experience that I uh, I haven't had in town with theater, and it is why I'm such a fanboy for Witch Hunt. So I'm I did not um, submit an audition tape for their recent casting call. Um, I may regret that later, but for now I'm like I don't I I don't feel like I can jump in the way they want me to jump in. So. I'm just going to keep supporting them as a, a theater goer for a while. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, number six and number five are very related. Uh, number six is uh, the 
annual Bricks Cascade hmm. um, convention, which is the Lego convention that we have here in Portland. Um, I got to go with, uh, like, I met up with people there that uh, were also big fans of Lego. So I got to go through twice in the same, like, I, I, I was there the whole weekend. Nice. Um, which is not a thing that I've been able to do since working at Guardian because I used to work all weekends. And now I can, like, oh, I, I have the weekend off. I'm going to go check out the Lego Con. This year I'm going to have to ask for Sunday off, but that's that's fine. Right. Um, and then five is Lego in general. Like, this has been a banner year for what they have put out. Like, their Lego Con that yeah, I watched really this year and... and revisiting classic series like within the past two years they've revisited pirates they've revisited castle they've revisited classic space they're doing more i don't know if you've seen this but the the free the gift with purchase of 190 dollar purchase or more at mm-hmm. lego.com is a revamped blacktron cruiser oh wow yeah. um and blacktron is Oh, I love Blacktron so much. <laughs> they were the they were the creepy evil aliens um to the uh the the rest of Classic Space. Mm-hmm. Like Classic Space, they they're just around and they're in primary colors and they all have happy faces. Blacktron had black visors, you could not see their faces. They were cool. They have like their logo is the inverted triforce symbol. Um <laughs> It's all black with some yellow and trans red in, in their stuff. Yeah, it's this is it's great. Yeah. I love this stuff. It's awesome. Um, and just everything they've come out with. Like I, I'm still looking forward to picking up the uh, the Daily Bugle. Um, I bought myself some uh, post Christmas Legos, which were <laughs> uh, I picked up some uh, it, Lego sets from the Eternals. So oh, cool. that's great. I got two uh, hidden side sets for Good Christmas. for you. Oh, Absolutely. we knew it too. Good for you. I found out. Um, <laughs> number four is another local thing. That's the Portland Horror Film Fest. Yeah. yeah. I had an incredible amount of fun at that this year. It's not a festival I've been to before. Um having that something that was I got to experience with the two of you was also fantastic. Um, It felt like pre-pandemic days, and yet even more so, like there was something supremely special about our experience. I I know that that's set the bar really high for this (laughs) upcoming year's festivals that we plan on going to. Um, Number three is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, number two is the golden age of Star Trek that we seem to be in right now. Right. It's not just Strange New Worlds. It's Lower Decks. It's Prodigy. It's Discovery. It's Picard. It's probably what I should have done. I'm just like, look, all the Trek right now. I, I didn't put any Star Trek on mine because I knew at least one of you would put that on yours. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I'd like to get a good breadth of of stuff going on here. Same thing with like Glass Onion and oh, God. Uh, Andor. Yeah. I look for, like, we ought to... Like next week, we ought to talk about the glass onion just in in and of itself. Yeah, like fun. Sure. that's a yeah. show. I'll like, watch it again real quick. Yeah, um, because there's so much to unpack in that. 
Yes. And also, really quick on Lego, have you seen the fully built giant Hulkbuster? Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. That and the Bowser are massive. Oh, the Bowser is even bigger. Yeah. It's enormous. Um, and then. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Are you looking up Bowser? No, that's it's bigger than you think it is. Is she looking it up is, Bowser? Yeah, she is. He's like this tall. <laughs> yeah. And he actually comes with Lego fireballs that he can go and he can shoot out of his mouth. Um, and then my number one, and this is gonna be sappy, and I'm sorry. Um sappier than the fact that you put experiences on your top ten. Yeah. <laughs> It no, was, it was, I'm just, our, I'm, it was I'm, our top list of best things of 2022. These are the best things. I'm kidding. I'm disappointed that it didn't occur to me to include experiences. Oh. We did a lot of really good stuff this year, you guys. We did. Um, but w- truly one of my the most joyous things that, that has brought me enjoy- enjoyment monthly has been... Uh, Playing a regular role-playing game Yay. with the yeah. two of you and with our friends Justin and Alex. And that's been the Usagi Yojimbo role-playing game. And really kind of embracing my own storytelling um, skills and working with all of you on a collaborative uh, storytelling role-playing game. Um, it has made me... V- like it, it, it's benefited me in so many ways, not just like on both personally and professionally. Like I am now feel very well versed in Powered by the Apocalypse, the game system. Mm-hmm. So that helps me talk to people here at the store. Um, I have been predicting for weeks that 2023 is going to be the year of the Powered by the Apocalypse system. Oh, here's why. Avatar The Last Airbender, the RPG, comes out this year. Right. And it runs. It runs on Powered by the Apocalypse. Um... So this is going to be so many people's introduction to this system. If you don't know anything about Powered by the Apocalypse, the system, please look it up. It is an incredibly um, collaborative uh, storytelling RPG engine that focuses on your players and their characters um, and the setting and the world that you decide to build together. Um, I have been reading the Apocalypse World um, core rule book. I've been reading the Monster of the Week uh, core rule book. Both of those are powered by the Apocalypse. Uh, Apocalypse World is where the system came from. And what fascinates me is for a book that is mired in it's the Apocalypse and everything is awful and all these things are the same notes that I find in that are the same notes that I find in Usagi as in Monster of the Week. And that is, to the person running the game, it says up front, very clearly, be your player's biggest fan. And that is, oh man, that advice and that guidance is so important to role-playing. And I actually, and this... As much as I love the Star Wars, the Star Trek RPG, mm-hmm. I find Modifius's D20 system, dual D20 or whatever, rather cumbersome. And I find myself thinking if this was powered by the apocalypse, 
because Star Trek by default is a very collaborative experience mm -hmm. between players and machines and ethics. I think the game would work better. And I feel bad because I know people who listen to this who work on that game, but I just sure. It, I just think it would work. I think it would also would be much easier for other for non-gamers to pick up. And that that's why I I push um Powered by the Apocalypse is a game system a lot to people because it's right. like, look, if you're new to RPGs and everyone at your table is new, I get the appeal and I get why everyone wants to jump into D D or right. Pathfinder. Sure. Those are like Dungeons and Dragons is the 800 pound gorilla in the room of RPGs. And there's nothing wrong with that. There isn't. But just like Warhammer, the only way you can distinguish yourself from that is you are either exactly like D&D or you are wildly different. Mm -hmm. And in the world of minis, I don't know how well that works. Because <laughs> right. most people who get into minis still want it to be like Warhammer. Yeah. They want to be able to throw dice. They want to play four rounds that last three hours to four hours. And then you're done. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but in RPGs, when you go, well, we don't want to be a D20 system, there is so much more you can do. Um, and the indie RPG market, there is, there is a lot. If you cannot find an RPG that fits you and your group and your play style, I don't think it's been invented yet. Yeah, there's ones that literally use the same aspects of poker. Mm -hmm. There are it's the fate system, which is just plus and minuses. Yep. Uh, the Savage World system, or Savage Worlds. Mothership has been. Mothership Morkborg. Morkborg. There's even one called Dread that uses fucking Jenga. Yep. And it's not, <laughs> and it's now not the only one. Yeah. Um, There's there... ten candles, which literally uses ten candles. Yep. <laughs> there was one that I picked up for you last year, Fortune, that uses a tarot deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's not the only one. There's a new one called oh, Wild. Two role playing games you have, and you've yet to run one. I know. I know. She's gonna get there. Don't rush her. We're we're working on it. We just got to get her into a cup so she can run her sexy daddy anime one. I what is it? Was that called Hot Dads? I think it's called Hot Dads. Hot or Dads. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I, I guess that my real number one is is playing role playing games with my friends. Oh, and well, that that's... is. Right, sure. I I found I sound like a, a new convert, but it's like I haven't done that since I was a kid. Literally, I have right. not played RPGs like this since I was a child. I've gotten way more into like breaking down RPGs too, like the format, what make you know how to write for them, the ideas behind it, I'm trying mm -hmm. to explore that more. I mean, my number one was going to be Season of the Bruja came out, but that felt too self. <laughs> that felt a little too selfish on my part, but that would be my number one. Fair. Um, by the way, the trade comes out in 27 days. Woo. I think next week I can make an announcement about a um, release party. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah that's it. Nice. Some good stuff. Yeah, we should wrap up. We went a little long. Yeah, sorry year. about that. We didn't have a show last week, so it's fine. This is yeah. true. Uh, Split it in half, friends. Next week, I guess we're going to talk about Glass Onion. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. 
Uh, we've got, we're trying to get some more interviews lined up, you know, really get things going. Yep. But with all that being said, uh, I am still Aron Duran. I'm still Beanerita. And I am still Cable Hashita. And we will speak to everyone next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>